Hello there, I'm Patrick Strub, trusted authority in executive and transactional liability and founder of Rubicon M&A Insurance Services. Now a proud member of the Liberty Company Insurance Broker Network. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by Nate Lynn, entrepreneur, author, and franchise owner of WebsiteClosers.com. Nate provides essential sell-side advisory and transactional services for sellers of e-com, SaaS, tech, and internet companies in the lower middle market. And you're a uh, recent publisher of the book, Maximum Exit. So, uh, Nate, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm excited because one of the things that we want to talk about here with M&A are the huge volume of these lower middle market uh, activity uh, opportunities, particularly in in the tech space. And it's, it's it not infinite, but it's pretty large. And you've developed a real great practice. But before we get into website closers and maximum exit, let's talk about you. How did you get to this point in your career? Yeah, I... Um... I, I was trying to buy a business in 2012. It was this, uh, an online e-commerce supplement company. Um, the owner had written a book about ginkgo biloba and was selling supplements to the people who uh, read his book and were interested in the the, the interesting benefits of ginkgo biloba. It's kind of helped with like brain fog and like that kind of stuff. And uh, the margins on it were were huge. Um, the scalability of it, I thought, was was insane. Um, the business didn't actually make it through due diligence. Uh, but it, it taught me enough that I got really excited, went ahead and started a supplement company, ran one for uh, a little over 10 years, um, had about seven or eight different brands within that over that point in time. Um, I built some technology and sold it to a shopping cart in 2016, mm-hmm. kind of gave me my first mergers and acquisitions experience. And I went on to continue selling supplements directly. Um, I didn't realize there was a market for those supplement companies. I kind of just thought they were cash flow companies, didn't really make much in the way of enterprise value. So I never sold one of those. And it wasn't until I met Jason Aran, the, the founders of Website Closers, that I realized, holy cow, those supplement companies sell like hotcakes. Oh, uh, shucks. I, I wish I'd sold one. But by then I had moved on to do some, uh, some event planning and, and I was doing trade shows and conferences for entrepreneurs. And uh, uh, ended up going ahead and buying a franchise at Website Closures, becoming a business broker. I've got two associates myself now. I live in Puerto Rico. And, and as you see, if you go to the main Website Closures website, pretty much all the testimonials are of this guy. Uh, I'm a rainmaker over there. I love doing what I do. And uh, yeah, I love helping entrepreneurs have their own exits. I've bankrupted companies and I've sold them. Uh, so I've been through thick and thin. I've had the the tragedy of uh, a failure and shutting businesses down. I felt the extreme triumph of selling those suckers off and having somebody validate you by paying you a massive whopper of a wire that says you're worth it. Your company's worth it. I'm going to buy it from you, friend. Wow. And, and we go with that where, I mean, you learn lessons along the way by actually doing it and you've moved from actually being a star player to coaching others. And so uh, let's talk about this advisory service that you have now and what you do with website closers, because you're not just a business broker transacting, you're kind of shepherding people along the path. So let's talk about website closers first. And then, you know, what are the things that you are bringing to the table? 
Yeah, website closures, it's the biggest marketplace. It's like the MLS of online technology, digital marketing, SaaS, apps, mobile, anything tech internet related. We're like the MLS, the multiple listing service for those of you that are familiar with real estate. We're like that, but for the M&A space. So we, we've got over 100 listings right now over $500 million worth of companies actively for sale right now. We sell 300 or so a year. We've sold over 3,000 since the company was formed 13 years ago. Uh, so yeah, we're a massive marketplace. And just like the MLS within it are multiple brokers, multiple brokerages, or for us, we call them franchises. Um, I own a franchise in Puerto Rico and uh, I work on deals that are over a million dollars in size. They must be two years or older and they need to be making at least half a million dollars in positive net earnings or cash flow in order for my buyers to show interest. So for those deals, um, we bring them to market and I get pounded with buyers interested in it. Um, in fact, I'm, we're redesigning some of the way that we're intaking our buyers because we'll get oftentimes 200 buyers signing NDAs and looking at our transactions. And uh, while having that many eyes on it is great, I wanna make sure every eyeball and especially every person we're having a conversation with is pre-screened and is really a qualified buyer because uh, it's it, I do full service. I'm, I'm preparing. Uh, the offer memorandum prior to its listing. I'm I'm coaching and counseling my clients uh, on exit strategy and planning. I'm helping their finance officers, their uh, CPAs, their CFOs. I'm I'm giving them minute details. We're reorganizing charts of chart of accounts on their uh, in their books. Um, we're cleaning them up. We're properly preparing them so that buyers can assess the true value of the business in a positive way. We, we want to set the battleground in our favor before we go out to market. And uh, that's just some of the stuff that I do. Okay. And uh, just uh, forgive, me, forgive me if, if I'm just not as aware of this, but with website closes, are comparable auctions out there? Maybe they're not the same level, but talk about them. You've got uh, micro acquire out there, flip up. These are other just marketplaces where you guys, with what you're doing, you're actually doing some some counseling and coaching with, with your clients to get them prepared. Yeah, it's a great question. So anyone out there is thinking about selling your business, you want to be where your your competitors are in terms of size and where buyers are looking for you based on, usually it's your size. Most buyers, their first threshold of what they're looking for is they have a budget to buy something. They're looking to acquire either you know, a website or a domain for those or blog if it's a smaller site, or they want a business with cash flow and they want employees, they want uh, you know, they want inventory or they want contracts with, you know, long-term, you know, revenue coming in. Um, Micro Acquire and Flippa, they they serve a market that's on the smaller end, uh, you know, smaller businesses and more startup in nature. We only handle mature, cash flowing, profitable businesses. They have to be at least two years uh, old or, or older. Whereas for Micro Acquire, um, you know, there's some other options in there too. Their, their transaction size are smaller. They're anywhere between $30,000 and maybe on the upper end, $100,000, $150,000. You know, um, for us, our average transaction size is two million. Um, we're doing a lot of transactions in the uh, in the in the upper single digit millions, and then the lower, you know, teens and twenty millions. I've done several twenty million, twenty, thirty million dollar transactions. I've listed companies. Um, we've had a lot of buyer interest at the hundred million dollar mark. 
Um, so we've got, you know, that's what, as for what we call ourselves as lower middle market. And for that, that 1 million to $150 million in sale price for a business, we really don't have a competitor. We're the 800 pound gorilla there. We just have been doing it for 13 years and we've had so many sales that, you know, we find a little bit of competition with some of the bigger investment banks try to like push down, but they usually do bigger deals. They're talking 500 million and more. Um, they, they have, it's a total different buyer. It's a total different process. If you go with the investment bank route, you're you're talking, you know, tens of thousands, fifty, hundred thousand dollars to prepare to list. We don't charge Jack to list. It's totally free. Um, we're success fee only. But because of that, and I can only do twelve to thirteen deals a year. I will only list businesses that I feel confident I can sell. So we have a real heart to heart in the listing process to make sure that this is the right fit both ways, because I can't take listings. I can't sell. And I don't want to waste anyone's time either. If I know, you know, that our marketplace is not going to be the right fit, I'm going to tell somebody. And, and if I think it's the right fit, I'm going to tell them that too. Uh, so if you're listening out there, you're selling, you know, or at least over a half million dollars in, in profit, usually it's at least a million dollars in annual revenue at a 50% margin, you're making a half mil. Most of our clients don't even make that kind of margin. They're making more like 10, 15, 20% margin. So you got to be up there a little bit, maybe closer to 2 million a year in, in annual revenue and two years old, we've got a buyer for you. Okay. And, and, and at the initial outside when we were speaking, you said, oh, we were going to get you know, 200 NDAs. We've got this massive market. It's almost like sensory overload. And then as we peel back a little bit, you step back and it's like, okay, well, this isn't too good to be true. This is just a nice, well-defined market. And it's in tech. And I think that's one area where I think you're going to have a competitive advantage on behalf of your clients is that unlike business brokers out there that are dealing with a lot of uh, you know real-time uh, brick and mortar type operations out there. You're in the virtual world. And so you understand how things move, you understand positioning, and you can enhance uh, uh, valuation for uh, your clients out there. Could you give us an example of just, you know, case study with one of your clients, just something recently to get to paint the picture for us on, on what it looks like when somebody comes to website closers and wants to engage you? Yeah. So the engagement process starts with the business valuation. Usually the entrepreneur wants to know how much is it worth? How much can I get? How much, yeah. how much cash can I have? And uh, actually, that's the first, that's the only question actually. Yeah. That's the only question. So I do a business valuation for them. Uh, you know, I need to figure out what their multiple is and then I need to figure out what their cash flow is. It's the trailing 12 months cash flow multiplied by the multiple. That's going to give us uh, a kind of a rough idea of where the trading range is. I'm comparing that to the other listings like that company that we've sold. So it's a comparable based valuation. Um, all that data is private. We don't share publicly what the sale transactions end up at. So you can't get that valuation from anywhere but the market makers or the marketplace. And that's us. Once that's done, if my client says, heck, yeah, that sounds good. I want that kind of cash in my pocket. I've got a burning desire, uh, passion. I'm burnt out or you know, I, I, I'm bored of what I'm doing. I want to get this sucker listed. They we go ahead. And, they they want to move on. Yeah, yeah, they usually want to get it sold faster than slower. So we get it listed. Um, I have to pre-screen all the buyers. I I was commenting in our our introduction call. I'll get sometimes 150, 200 buyers signing a non-disclosure agreement, and I have to pre-screen them all. And um, you know, I only take you know probably about five to ten percent of those, and uh, you know, work their way through the system that are qualified, and uh, we'll have a phone call with them. 
uh, or Zoom call in this case. And then we're, it's a two-way interview. They're interviewing, you know, my client to find out, you know, really what's the meat behind this business. And my client is listening to them and curious, what are they going to do with it? A lot of these transactions have a component of a large component of cash at closing. Um, I'm getting about 70% on average of the enterprise value in cash at closing for my client. And then that remaining 30% is some combination of equity or performance-based or a seller note. And uh, when that's the case, my client wants to understand who's the buyer and how like, how, how is that other 30% going to work out down the road. So that's how that process works. We elicit a, a letter of intent. We go under contract. I manage the due diligence process like a project manager. So we're having weekly touch base calls, making sure that we can get that all sorted out and squared away. And then uh, before you know it, uh, if, the, if the buyer's got their financing all lined up, we, uh, we get through the legal process. We got to deal with reps and warrants. Uh, we got to deal with some other issues that come up, sometimes some sales tax related issues. If they're an e-commerce company, um, if they're a business to business company, there's other uh, issues potentially with contracts and transferability of some of that sort of stuff. So we got to navigate that. That's where I have to call in some, some big dogs with, uh, with legal help, sometimes insurance, uh, insurance help as well. And, uh, you know, we do the negotiations back and forth one more time with the buyer and seller, make sure the final deal is good to go. And then we wrap, we close, wires go out, and boom, the deal's done. Yeah, a couple, couple of questions, because the intent here is volume. It's, it's you want these simple, you want them efficient. Okay, you're not trying to cram things through, but what percentage of your transactions involve, involve where you have to bring in either tax attorney, some outside professional? How often does that happen? Every deal. Yeah. The, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm mostly focused on the million dollar plus and I'd say my average is probably two to $3 million and it's a big enough deal. There's tax planning involved. There's reps and warrants issues. There's every deal I have. I recommend my client have an attorney. I can't think of a single one I've done where there wasn't a, 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 at least a deal attorney involved. There may not have been a tax strategist or if there was, sometimes I don't know about it because my client's working in the background yeah. with their CPA or their tax planner or their wealth planner. Um, but oftentimes I have to deal with that up front because uh, my client has a number in their head and that's, that's how much money is going to end up in my bank account. And often I don't know what their tax liability is. So we've got to start to kind of like ferret that out because I'll know I can get them 5 million bucks, but they may only walk away with 3 million. And I don't like, I may not know that and 3 million may not get the deal done for them. They may, you know, they may be thinking, well, dang, I can make that in two years. Why am I going to sell? So I have to work through that usually up front in the engagement process. And then with the buyers, the buyer profile is all over the board from search funders to independent sponsors to private equity. Yeah, I get into this in my book, actually. I have a whole chapter about the types of buyers. Uh, we've got individual buyers, and then we've got company buyers. And on the company side, it could be private equity firms. It could be hedge funds. Uh, it's a lot of private equity sponsors. Uh, we have publicly traded companies. Um, we've got you know massive private equity uh, funders and firms and lenders that are in involved as well. Sometimes the lenders want the big boy deals, but then they'll they'll uh, kind of work in, in cahoots with the private equity sponsor if it's a smaller transaction where there needs to be someone kind of operationally running the ship, and they don't have the private equity you know fund doesn't have the staff to handle it. So we've got uh, we've got it all. It's uh, it's amazing, you know, to see the type of buyers. You know, when somebody pops up on my list and they're you know they're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and I go look at their ticker and they're a six billion dollar company. Wow. Yeah, it, the, those guys, one of several, are on my uh, my buyer list. They want the big deals. So 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things is that buyers have come way down market. That's why the lower middle market gets so robust right now. And there's quite a few actually quality companies that are at a real value to them because they're still at that at that smaller stage. One of the things you mentioned in there was reps and warrants. And one of the big issues that happens with mergers and acquisitions is that there's a concern about risk. And you know, buyers don't want to be stuck holding a lemon, but sellers don't want to be on the hook to the buyer for years after the deal for things that the buyer didn't know about and had no control over. And so there's been that that and the, the requirement in the contract where the, the seller has to pay the buyer for the buyer's losses post-closing. And, you know, you've got that, that uh, concern out there. Nate, just from your experience, have you guys come across reps, warranties, anything like that in, in your area? Pretty much comes up in every deal. Um, you know, that's what I thought was uh, attractive about us talking because I wanted to get to know you professionally as well as to be able to share a little bit of my experience with your community. Uh, you know, every transaction over a million dollars, there's going to be some conversation about reps and warrants and, uh, you know, typically turns into an argument and then it's a second negotiation. So we've already negotiated a deal and now it's a couple months later and the deal's, you know, kind of close to getting closed and, um, you know, it comes up, it creates a, a little bit, a little bit of extra friction for uh for the buyer and the seller and sometimes that friction can get you know can get overwhelming a lot of times as attorneys last minute they're fighting to protect their clients and they're not necessarily fighting to get the deal done and i just i didn't know there was an option available at this at the the cost that you guys operate at so i mean i went took it upon myself to share it with my colleagues at website closures and sounds like you're already looking at a deal with my buddy doug yeah, so what i'm very pleased about now is there's a new product when i mentioned earlier reps and warranties insurance for the larger deals, there's a newly introduced sell-side policy where the seller is the policyholder. The policy is triggered when the seller receives uh, written demand from the buyer saying, there's been a breach, we've suffered financially, we want you know, $1.4 million back and damage it. Well, this what this policy does is steps in the seller's shoes and essentially just responds to the buyer and pays the buyer the buyer's loss. They will... Um, uh, incur defense costs to negotiate with the buyer because you're not going to just you know write a check when the buyer gives you uh, an initial offer and work with them to go ahead and make sure that the buyer is whole at without being at the cost of the seller. The name of the policy is called Transaction Liability Private Enterprise. It is priced by the amount of insurance you buy. It's between uh, depending on the size and the complexity of the deal. Is between $15,000 and $20,000 per million dollars in coverage. So for a $2 million deal for the upward side of maybe $30,000, the, the buyer can get all $2 million back in the event of a real cat catastrophic loss at no cost to the seller. And so what we want to do is be able to give sellers that clean exit be able to facilitate getting these uh, deals done. And, you know, quite frankly, it's not available when you've got, you know, deals in the, you know, 15 to $20 million range where, you know, buy side rep and warranty policies aren't going to come down to that level where we now have a response, even though the seller wants to pay for the insurance, you know, on the buy side scenario, it's not available. Well, it's available here. And so we're very, very proud about that. And that's what we're trying to do is get these type of technology companies fast track through so the entrepreneurs can close and move on to, you know to their next next adventure and also 
it gives buyers peace of mind because in a lot of times, buyer may only be able to get, if they, even if they put it at the seller's expense, they're going to say, well, we're going to have an indemnity cap, but it's only 10% of the purchase price. Okay. Well, if you buy a $2 million uh, company and a $1.4 million loss, but your cap is $200,000, you are still out. Isn't it nice when you can have you know, a lot more protection there? And so that's why we quite often see both the seller and the buyer paying for the policy and splitting the cost. So it makes it even more economical that way. Now, Nick, let's talk about uh, maximum exit real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I cover so many of the questions that I'm asked um, every day when I'm talking to a potential client. They want to know what's my multiple, who are the buyers, what, how, do, how do I get paid, what's the cash I get at closing, that sort of stuff. Um, what do buyers look at? Uh, you know, what, what factors increase the value of my business? What factors decrease the value of my business? Um, should I sell? Should I grow it? Should I shut it down? What should I do with this thing? Um, I go through all of that. It's about 136 pages. Happy to offer it to your audience for free if they go to natelind.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T, my gift to your audience. Um, you can download the digital version of the book for free. You can also get access to a lot of the resources I have. I've got a, a what's my multiple spreadsheet I make available. I've got examples of uh, financials that have sold, you know, businesses whose financials help them sell. Uh, examples of businesses that were their financials were so complicated, it didn't sell. So what you can do and what you should avoid, uh, a bunch of stuff in there. So yeah, I get I get down into the nitty gritty, but I make it in a bite-sized way that someone who's got some interest in uh, in selling a business one day should have enough that they can they can explore. If they want to go with, you know, themselves, they could self-list. Um, if they want to use uh, a guide like myself, there's certainly an opportunity for them to get a free uh, valuation at the end. And uh, be happy to share with them a little bit more about what their business would be worth, interested in listing or not. So that's, uh, that's really what the book covers. Okay, fantastic. And maybe as we're looking forward now, what trends do you see in 2023? We just got through the first quarter, and and all of these economic headwinds. We got all these macro issues out there. Do they apply to our world in the lower middle market? I had my best first quarter ever, so I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I know there's some there's some headwinds out there that some people are are encountering. A number of my clients in the digital tech and, and e-commerce space are reporting record sales, you know, January, February, and March. So a lot, a lot of my potential clients are folks that I'm in contact with and they're not quite ready to sell yet. They're kind of they're playing the wait and see game to see what their numbers can get up to. Um, are saying they've got some pretty astounding things going on. So you know, from what I'm hearing, things are going pretty well for folks. Um, you know, I keep hearing nothing but doom and gloom from uh, from from the newscasters, but uh, it hasn't hit, you know, where I'm at. I, I'm seeing a little bit less intake in sales side interest because I think people have a perception that uh, that things are not great. But I'm having record numbers of buyers inquiring on companies. I've had companies that I had listed before in the past and they didn't get quite what they wanted or they changed their mind, come back and relist. And we got I, one of them got like eight LOIs. I, the first time I struggled to get a single LOI for the for the company. And so I'm seeing some really interesting dynamics that are, they are not following into line with this doom and gloom outlook that everyone else is showing. And I don't know what to say other than like my email's not lying. These LOIs are not lying. These buyers are qualified and they're interested. And I think it makes sense though, if you, if you really, like if you dig into it just from a psychology standpoint, you know, money likes to go where it's comfortable. And a lot of people that have money, 
have been in entrepreneurship and they feel comfortable, you know, continuing entrepreneurship. And it's easy to look at a company right now and see how it's doing because it's, you can't lie on your financials. Your financial statements are showing the trend of where you've, where you've been and where you are. Now it doesn't say, say exactly where you're going to go, but you can make some pretty dang good predictions based on what your track record has been. And, and that's where I think, you know, the lower middle market has been such a great spot to park money uh, because the returns on it are so good. And you can also, you can still borrow money. Like you can borrow from the SBA, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tick over 10%, but it's a 10 year note. And, uh, you know, it's still from a cash flow perspective, you can make some of these deals work. And we saw a lot of deals using SBA on the buy side. Uh, and you know, it's not a bad deal right now. You only have to put down, you know, 10, 20% uh, cash at closing, you know, so for a $2 million deal, quarter million bucks, you can get into something that's you know going to be cash flowing you probably 500, you know, close to $650,000 a year. Uh, so that's not a bad deal. The cash flow, uh, the debt service works and people are doing it. So, uh, yeah, I'm seeing some pretty good things. With the SBA, particularly because if you have a deal that's insured, I mean, that even enhances your ability to qualify and make probably get, uh, a larger loan from the SBA because, you know, TLP insurance policy can name the lender or the buyer as loss payee on the policy. So now you've got, uh, you know, financial security backing your, your financing in addition to just having an insurance policy for the seller. So I think it's a, it's a great thing. Well, I appreciate the optimistic outlook. I share it with you. And I think that the concerns that the economy is slowing down uh, are uh, maybe apparent on the macro side, but, you know, on the lower side, when you're targeting a, you know, a sub $10 million acquisition, it's hard to make a, you know, a $30, $40 million mistake on, on a 6 or $7 million acquisition. That's why I think there's going to be robust trading down at that level. Nate Lynn uh, from Website Closers, one more time, if you could tell us about the book, how we can get the book and how can my audience members find you? Yeah, you can go to natelynn.com. I've got a contact form there. Uh, you can reach me that way. You can also go to natelind.com. That's N-A-T-E-L-I-N-D.com forward slash gift. And my free gift to your audience is a copy of my book. All the resources I give uh, to potential clients to evaluate their business all on their own if they want to. Uh, you never have to talk to me. But if you're curious about what I have to say and what your business would be like, and you want me to do a comparable based valuation, just like you would if you were looking to sell your home, you're going to call the person that's that's been sending you postcards, that's been selling all your neighbor's houses. I'll do the same thing for you for free as long as you meet my threshold. You need to be at least two years old and a half million dollars worth of profit over the last uh, 12 months. Website closes. Thanks again. Great having you. Thanks, Patrick.